Hello and welcome to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm joined by Marvel correspondent Maya for the first time since Spider-Man No Way Home. Maya, good to see you again. Oh, I could do this all day. <laughs> and, uh, and, and i'm joined by i don't know if he wants the title but you want to be multiverse correspondent daniel uh, sure absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely he was he was just here a couple weeks ago for everything everywhere all at once so we're joined by recurring guest daniel lima who's now earned another t- another correspondent title with the podcast uh but yeah doc, dr strange in the multiverse of madness is the newest installment in the marvel cinematic universe the first since december 2021's uh spider-man no way home and a sequel to 2016's dr strange and we've obviously seen stephen strange and uh pop up in many different movies in the last uh five and a half years since we first uh, met him as a character in the mcu but he's just now getting his second movie um and we kind of pick up where we're seeing a maybe a different version of the Stephen Strange that we've come to know so clearly in some other kind of, uh, in some other kind of uh, dimension and uh, running around with some teenage girl. And all of a sudden he has to use that teenage's girl as a sacrifice to get some powers to beat this demon she's fighting. And then he uh, wakes up in a cold sweat. And as one does, after they have a horrific dream, they go to the uh, wedding of their ex. So uh, he, he, he does that. And, uh, and, and then another ruckus breaks out with some demon looking things uh, on the street. He sees that girl that he woke up in the dream with and he kind of runs away from the wedding and uh, his, his old friend, who's now the Sorcerer Supreme Wong, um, catches up with him and they beat this demon, track down this girl who informs him that her name is America Chavez and she has the power to jump through multiverses and someone is trying to track her down. And in an, in, in an effort to kind of like figure out how do I get to the bottom of this, there seems like a lot of demon and witchcraft things going on. Steven naturally goes to uh, ask for help from his old Avenger friend, uh, Wanda Maximoff, and thinking that she might be the one that has the power to do this and comes to learn that, wait, nope, she might actually be the one behind all this as she is trying to gain the power herself to jump into different multiverses in order to go be reunited with the children. And I say children with some heavy air quotes that we met in WandaVision and, uh, all of a sudden we have our villain for the movie and she decides to go track down um track down america at comertage where uh wong and strange have went brought her for safety and then wanda does a lot of murdering and uh we got to talk about that but you know that that just kind of kicks the things into gear and uh, we have to see Steven and America and Wong to some extent go on uh, some different trips through different universes to uh try and protect her and also you know kind of set set things right in the universe and uh, make sure Wanda doesn't, you know, have her way because things could just totally collapse if she all of a sudden has all that power because she already has a lot of it to begin with. And that's only really the half of a lot of the kind of pot machinations that go on in this, which is understandable when you're dealing with the multiverse. Though I, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings on the movie guys, but like I actually don't actually a lot of my concerns I had about the multiverse as a whole, as we kind of enter this phase of Marvel, maybe actually didn't bother me as much as I thought that that being said, there are certain different nitpicks you can make with a lot of different plot points. And Maya was uh, texting me about one of those earlier, which uh, I, she could talk about if she wants to talk about the, the meme she sent me, but I, my little kind of um, logical, uh, little nitpick I had with the movie was like, as I mentioned, uh, Strange accidentally discloses to Wanda, or not accidentally, does it on purpose, but he realizes it was a mistake where they are keeping America and they're keeping her at Comertage. And she's like, look, I'll give you like, you know, till sundown to like, and then I'm going to come get her and you better give her to me. And I'm like, well, look, these guys can like make portals into anywhere in the world. Why don't they just like make a portal before she shows up and just take her somewhere else where that Wanda doesn't know about and you know like there are certain things like that in any movie where it's like you don't want to ask too many questions and I after I pointed out to Maya Maya's response was I wondered a lot of things and then I remembered it was a Sam Raimi movie 
So, which I think is an interesting point because it, I think a lot of people have given this movie a lot of credit because, hey, even a lot of those other things aside, and even if there's a lot of, you know, yada yadaing and uh, uh, just pot armor and whatnot, like the fact is you still got some traditional like uh, visual elements you might get in a Sam Raimi movie. And I, I say that as someone that's actually, Sam Raimi is a bit of a blind spot for me. I've, I've literally only seen the two Spider-Man movies and, um, and the, for the love of the game, the baseball movie he did with Kevin Costner, which is really only half a good movie. Uh, so my, I don't know how many other Sam Raimi movies you've seen between those first Spider-Man movies, besides those first Spider-Man movies, they're obviously fairly influential, uh, on the genre. And, uh, but the fact is you made that comment. I'm wondering, uh, did the, did all whatever that Sam Raimi-ness of it, that did that work for you enough that you still ultimately like came, came out of this movie with a thumbs up, despite any other criticisms you might've had? Well, it, it it was a Marvel movie in Phase Four. Okay, and those are those are my thoughts. There, thanks for uh, joining the podcast, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, in uh, the next you, podcast, you, we'll oh, talk oh, about sorry. how. I, I mean, like, let's be realistic. This is another chapter in Phase Four with like things that could have been resolved when people had therapy. This is <laughs> another chapter of that. Um, I, I don't get me wrong. I did enjoy the movie. I enjoyed it because there were some really nice quirks to it. Um, as And listen, I'm not going to say that I'm Sam Raimi's, you know, number one fan or anything, but I've seen enough of his movies where I can understand that there's a reason why they cast him as somebody who directs comic book-ish movies. Um, Mm. He does have a lot of the, um, like, he, he, he really puts together the movie in a way where there's not too much plot where you're drowning in it. Um, You have a lot of things that are, you know, face forward and you don't really need to delve into it and that's okay i just wish that it wasn't a doctor strange movie where that was probably the more entertaining you know potential movie that was coming out in phase four for me um besides of course you know black panther 2 which i cannot wait about but realistically speaking the way that i thought about this movie is what if was required watching almost every single one of those uh episodes was you know there was a callback to it in this movie and it was good and it was continuous with phase four and some fun little you know nuggets of i don't know multiverse here and there and that that was it it was fine it was okay which is fine daniel i i know you've probably seen a a few sam raimi movies before and you nodded a little bit when i when i uh when i when i conveyed maya's initial thoughts uh when you hear Sam Raimi is going to do a Doctor Strange movie, I mean, did you get enough of the the, the the kind of horror elements you're hoping to see in a Marvel movie, or just 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 enough that you're like, all right, I respect what he was doing here, even if you probably maybe wish he had pushed the envelope a little more. Well, here's the thing. Um, I think you guys know that, like, I'm not. I, I do genuinely like Marvel and superheroes and such, but over the past year, I have not been a big fan of the stuff they've been putting out. Um, WandaVision, uh, uh, you know, I, I liked the beginning, but by the end of it, I thought, oh, just another Marvel thing. I thought that about most of the TV properties outside of like Loki and, and Hawkeye. The movies I largely disliked or even hated uh, outside of uh, actually what we did a podcast on Shang-Chi. I think you actually liked Shang-Chi, but then after we, you talked to yeah. us about it, you decided you didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, you, you changed your mind halfway through this podcast. <laughs> it is. It, it's complicated. Like, but like that all in, in the case of the movies, I think, and some of the TV shows, I think that the issue I had was that these movies and, and shows are so constrained to this formula that when they try to break out of that, when they try to deviate from it, they end up hitting a wall. And that uh, uh, that 
conflict um, ends up making for a weaker work than if it was just a straight and like, you know, something like Ant-Man, like a straight comedy or like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think those movies are at their best because they are using, uh, you know, they have creators behind them who have a distinct style that operates very well within the confines of like a big studio project. So like with Sam Raimi on board, my thing was like, I really hope that I watch this movie and I'm like, oh, this feels like a Sam Raimi movie. And it did. It okay. felt, it feels like a Sam Raimi movie in a way that I think actually uh, makes up for the shortcomings of adhering to this formula. I think he has, he is one of the best fits for this material due to his sort of like, you know, we, we talk about the horror, but you know, this is a, this is a guy with a great comic sensibility. Uh, you watch, I'm not a, I'm not, the most well-seen Raimi guy, but I've seen like eight of his movies. So like, you know, you go and you watch, I watched Crime Wave the other day and it's it feels like a Looney Tunes cartoon at points, like a live action Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, you know, things are happening and they don't make a whole lot of actual like plotty sense, narrative sense, but they adhere to this comic cartoonish sensibility in a way that makes it, you know, fascinating to watch. It has so much energy and, you know, yeah, it is a little sloppy, but that's kind of, the aesthetic that's kind of his aesthetic this is a guy who got his start making a horror movie for like you know what a couple thousand dollars with his friends in the woods um he has a very makeshift quality to his filmmaking uh and i think that that helped dr strange and the multiverse of madness be in my opinion one of the strongest entries into the franchise i actually really wow. liked this i was hoping to rewatch i wasn't able to rewatch it before we did the podcast but honestly on rewatch i think i might tip it over into like love territory like one of wow. the best of the franchise i really like doctor strange and the multiverse of madness i was fully expecting you to grill the crap out of this movie and i am shocked right now <laughs> yeah, what I can mean, i say i mean i know Dan I, I know daniel to be a horror guy um because i just I've, I've talked about those kind of movies with him before so i, I mean I, I knew there was the potential for something like that but i wasn't surprised because i i'd seen him because he, he told me he actually kind of liked it when he first asked to do the pot on it but like i'm someone that like i mean i respect when they let directors kind of like leave their own imprint on something but though i again i don't know enough about sam raimi to say that feels like a sam raimi movie but i think some of the things that work for you that make it feel like a sam raimi movie might be what made it work for me more than i would have expected it to even if i still do have some criticisms that they're probably more with the writing than anything and i would say like for instance, as I was intimating before, like I was like kind of really just worried going in like about a couple like uh, about a couple things with the multiverse one. Like, is it just going to be too much exposition, too hard to follow, too much talking about it and such that you might just get bored or zone out or get lost or something like that? And two, the even the bigger maybe maybe the bigger problem with the multiverse is the stakes problem where it's like once you kind of open everything up and you can bring anyone in from another universe, does it mean anything when someone dies or something like that? I've always, I've always, I admittedly, you've said this in the past. We were talking, I think when we were doing the Everything Everywhere podcast, you mentioned this. And that honestly, it never, it never really bothers me because guess what? In the comic books, people come back to life all the time. You know, they go to alternate multiverses and such, you know, this uh, movie pulls from a bunch of comics where, you know, sure. that is kind of, front and center uh maya you're 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 a comics person right yeah 
Yeah. So like this is pulling from like the new Avengers run leading up to, I think, what, Secret Wars or something like that or Secret Invasion, whatever. Not Secret Invasion. That was the scroll thing. Um, But it's pulling from like the new Avengers line where it was like dealing with the Illuminati. It's pulling from like uh, um, I'm trying to remember what. Oh, yeah. The the um, fact that they mentioned Earth 616 altogether, that was the first time that they really expressly said that. And that is what we know as that annoyed essentially that annoyed me a lot because I was like, no. Earth six one. I hate to be the nerd here, but Earth it's, it's in the comics. Yes, the comic. You don't mind comics? Yes. Universe. This is Earth one nine 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 or whatever it is. Right. It is one nine 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 nine. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, I had to is... do that. The little nerd. No, no. Story. You're a hundred percent right. But they basically just kind of like bled over the two mediums, and not to get too technical about it, but yeah, they they basically just said, you know, hey, everything that you know in the comics, this is actually happening. I know that that pissed off a lot of people. Um, I'm more. Like, especially watching shows like Rick and Morty, yet you have to put something that's a little bit more, oh, someone has heard about this before, probably watching, you know, an older, um, you know, TV show or something like that, or reading an old comic book and something like that is familiar to them. So you you kind of, you know, um, you, you... I mean, no pun intended, you put a number on it and then you're able to keep track better versus, you know, having to explain to somebody, no, actually Earth 616 is the comic book version. This isn't the real Earth 616. This is what we said in the MCU in order to make it a little bit easier for people to follow, et cetera. You just get a little bit too nuanced and you're going to be losing people. It's amazing enough as it is that they're able to do this. That, I mean, like, I'm just impressed with them. Well, uh, before we go too far into like the multiverse stuff and like even like the horror aesthetic, um, which, you know, are big parts of why I enjoyed this movie. But I honestly, I think you sell short like the the emotional core of this movie. Now, Raimi is not a guy I associate necessarily with like dealing with like characters and, you know, in a way that is like that grounds them. You know, he's a very zany sort of director. I think that the one exception that I can think of is like his Spider-Man trilogy and maybe the quick and the dead. But I think here he keys into um, what makes these characters tick in a way that makes them more compelling uh, than I've ever seen them. Maybe not Wanda because she had that whole series, but like this is the most human Doctor Strange has felt for me. He's the first time he actually has felt like not like magic Tony Stark. Uh, This is a guy who has, uh, you know, the ability to like do pretty much whatever he wants and yet, you know, how does this movie open up? He's going to like the wedding of this woman that he loves and, you know, it kills him. He doesn't have, you know, for all his, you know, uh, eldritch powers, um, he can't change that. You know, uh, the, I think, who's, who's, what's the name? Michael Stolberg that he talks to. And he's, yeah, like, Stolberg. Stolberg, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know, like, oh, you're the big bad Avenger, but you didn't get the girl. And like that, it cuts deep, man. It cuts deep. Uh, I would not have gone to that wedding, by the way. I just want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, you, you're accusing me of not giving him credit. Yet you cut me off when I was like still making my point about him before I could actually get to the get to say the nice stuff. And I I appreciate that I have people here that know the comics better than me and have that expertise. But I mean, I'm not a comics reader, so I guess I'm I might still typically have those c- kind of concerns of someone that's just only really invested in the MCU in these characters. And it's like, oh well, am I should I be sad if one of them dies if I know one of them is going to get brought back? And whereas, like, I mean, that was a, that was a whole thing for me to get over at the end of Infinity War. It's another thing where it's like wow, this could, for the foreseeable future, we could be dealing with something like this. But I did not really worry about that stuff as I was watching this movie. I thought they, like, I, I, that, that it was one of my main concerns, but, like, it's not something I really thought about at all. 
And I was, I think, I think part of the reason is like, it was such a watchable movie because it was competently directed. And like you said, there were certain emotional storylines I could get invested in. And I've liked Dr. Strange way more since, I mean, I, I, I was, I was, I'm pretty eh on the first movie, but like, I really liked him in Infinity War and I liked kind of the direction they've taken the character in. And he, yeah, he didn't get to be as human in Infinity War as he does here, but he was still a lot of fun in that one, just kind of going back and forth with Tony, whereas I, I didn't really have that kind of fun with him in the first movie. So, I mean, I was more into him in this. I was into a lot of the different visual things that they did. I was uh, maybe not quite as into Wanda, and I'll, I mean, that can be its own section of the podcast, and I'll explain why that bothered me some, and some of it has to do with, and I think it, a lot of it just has to do with where I trust them to actually take that character or what they have done with her, but I just think that, like, as Daniel was getting at, like, look, there's there's certain things to hold on to, and I thought he did a pretty good job of, um, you know, acting alongside the uh, America Chavez character and also just dealing with his own shit. That was compelling enough. And then there's just like a bunch of really, really cool, like unique visual things in this movie. Whereas like, I think not unfairly, some of the Marvel movies do get some criticism for kind of being uh, visually, uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just lacking originality from movie to movie sometimes with with exceptions here and there with respect to their visuals. So I I think he's the kind of director you bring in if you do want to get that kind of stuff right. And I think I got it, maybe got enough of it right that I stayed pretty engaged, even as I like, you know, had been really worried that some of certain aspects of what this story might ultimately be might take me out of it. I think it's funny. I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't know if Michael Waldron, who wrote the movie and also was the kind of the creative force behind Loki, I don't know if he said it in an interview or someone else said it, said it. But apparently Sam Raimi's only watched like four MCU movies, which I think is kind of funny. It's like he's like, I'm not going to like that. That yeah, absolutely tracks. Right. He's like, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, that I'll, makes I'll, sense. I don't I don't remember which the other ones were besides Doctor Strange. Uh, but there's literally only like two others. And I guess that kind of makes sense. He's like, I, I can I can do this without having to like get too bogged down in everything else and i can just go do my own thing and i think for the most part none of my issues with the movie really I, I can't really point to him for any of them you know so i'll be honest with you i believe that the only reason why sam raimi actually signed that contract is because he put in a caveat saying could i put bruce campbell in this movie and they said yes and there <laughs> it is i, I mean like they screwed him. him over i was so happy to see him in this movie yeah but they, they screwed sam raimi let's like i feel like let's not beat around the bush when the whole thing happened with Spider-Man, this movie opened up, what was it? It was something like 10 years or 15 years to the day of the day that they were supposed to release Spider-Man 4. So then they cut him out of the franchise. They do a new franchise and then they do a third franchise. And they're like, hey man, can you come back and direct our potentially most complicated movie ever <laughs> with all of our special friends who are going to be joining this movie? And he's just like, I don't know, pay me enough and put Bruce Campbell in it. And that's it. And that is my headcanon as to how that happened. Hmm. And I'm glad for it. I think that he brings like, you know, that quality that makes this uh, uh, so, so, so watchable. Uh, I actually, you know, there's in terms of like the writing. So like, this is very much like a typical Marvel movie, I don't want to beat around the bush there. Like, this is like, you know, go here to stop X person from doing Y by getting the magic thing that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, it is the same structure that pretty much all of these movies run on. Um, and I find that very frustrating in in these past, like, four movies because I think that that structure kind of limits the ability to delve into what makes these characters tick and what makes them stick out from one another. I felt that very strongly in the last multiverse one, the, uh, the Spider-Man movie. Um, but here it actually works to Raimi's sensibilities because if you watch any of Raimi's movies, I think outside of the Spider-Man franchise, um, 
they're very much and quick in the dead. Um, they're very much like manic energy going from point A to point B with this sort of like, and it doesn't make a whole lot of cohesive sense, but like you're running on that adrenaline and it's propulsive and, uh, and it's entertaining. Like it adds, it, he takes that sort of uh, like, I guess, fetch quest sort of quality of the, these, this formula. And he makes that kind of like a boon. Uh, it becomes like a big, goofy, comic book-esque adventure. Uh, and that, honestly, there are issues I have with where the script goes and, you know, how easy some things are able to be overcome. Um, like that, the, the, the whole, like, America Chavez can't control her powers until mm. he just says, You gotta control them. you can. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, really? Really? But guess what? Like, you, like uh, Maya said, it's a Raimi movie. It's a Raimi movie. And like it has the energy, it has the energy of those sort of like these sort of like, you know, fantasy movies with like witches and warlocks and this and that. So like, you know, it, it makes a certain sort of sense. And so I, I had no complaints when suddenly she was able to control her powers or whatever, because you're just in for the ride at that point. Yeah. But I mean, let me ask you then this is, this is, I guess, I know Josh is asking the questions here. I kind of felt that I, they I like it when gone, other people ask questions. Don't feel bad. I felt like they could have gone further than they actually did. They could have gone further in the psyche of Wanda. I felt like they kind of skirted on well, the surface there, considering how know, WandaVision was really in de- in depth okay, there. You're, you're, now you're getting ahead of me, though. It's a good question if, if, if for whatever your question was, because my next question to you was going to be: You told me, Maya, at some point during WandaVision, it was your favorite thing Marvel had ever done. I'm pretty sure. I stand and, by that. Okay, so. Based on where, as someone that was a big fan of that show, and I actually also rewatched the first episode of WandaVision last night before my second, or the, excuse me, rewatched the last episode of WandaVision last night before I went into my second viewing of uh, um, the Multiverse of Madness. I'm wondering, based on where that show left that you love so much left off, like, do you think like this movie was like uh, consistent and smart in how it told Wanda's story going forward? Because I mean, they made her like a really big part of it. Because my big criticism of the movie is that like. I don't know if they, I want to, yeah, they probably could have taken it farther, but they also maybe could have like set it up a little bit better because I mean, I, I feel like if they had taken it further and it feels like they pull back at the end and they try and make her learn a little bit of a lesson at the end, just like they do at the end of WandaVision. And it, at this point though, I think it's like, I think they've gone too far and not far enough at the same time, because like, it seems like they're going to want to like redeem her again, but she's already done a bunch of murders. Like at this point, I feel like they may as well just like make her full out villain without any hope of redemption. Cause it's going to turn into a Loki problem for me. We're like, I get it. I get why they, we have to keep Loki around, but the dude did a bunch of murders in the battle in New York and they keep wanting me to like, kind of like him. And I'm it's like, I struggle with this a lot. And I think they're going to make the same mistake with Wanda. Whereas they should just make Wanda. Uh... I feel like that. Well, I feel like they should make this version of Wanda like full out villain, and when they want ever, whenever they want to go get another Wanda, just go get her from another universe. I agree I mean, with you. hundred percent. No, I, I don't quite. Well, <laughs> first off, because this version of Wanda is dead. Like she, she died. I, I do, dude, dude, is she though? She's not dead. She's not dead. Yeah, nah. I that's think, so. I, that's dead. so cute that you believe that, Daniel. Nah, I think nah. so. And like beyond that, but beyond that, <laughs> she like, ain't I dead. I, I think she might be, but like, <laughs> um, but beyond even beyond that, so like. I understand that like this show, this, this movie sort of like, it kind of like completely changes her characterization. Um, Like in the WandaVision show, she's shown to be a very complex character who is like going through grief and this and that. Now, granted on that show, I'm sorry, I have to do this quick thing where like, I have to point out that like that show 
dragged out the mystery of what exactly was going on with her in a way that I thought was, was kind of dumb. Cause like going into it, you're like, yeah, she, she had to kill vision. Like, you know, and now she has to live without the man she loves. We get it. We get it. She, she can't have the life that she wanted to live with him. Where's we get your it. heart? Where's your heart? That's so incredibly traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> it so, fractured so, her. She created an yeah. entire world. <laughs> Yeah, like, but like, you know, over the course of like, what, 10 episodes, like it was like by episode three, you're like, yeah, I get it. And then it tries to play it off like a mystery for anyways, anyways. Um, but like, you know, the, where that show ends, you know, she's shown to be this complex character. And in this one, she's a full throated villain. Um, to that, I say, cool, because I think that Raimi decides I'm going to just make her a wicked witch. I'm going to make her I'm going to make a monster movie. Uh, and Wanda's going to be the monster. And that, that's actually my pitch for uh, for a Namor movie. That was my pitch, that Namor be like this sort of uh, like cataclysmic force of nature that is like wrecking havoc on a city and make him sort of the antagonist of his own movie. I, I actually um, have a comment on that later, by the way, about Namor. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah, but that's kind of the approach that's taken here with Wanda. She is the wicked witch. She's got, you know, the black fingernails. She's going, cra- she's acting crazy, um, you know, acting crazy in the sense of like, you know, recalls Norman Osborn. Like, you know, she is a, a wicked character in this one. And like, she's, you know, bowling over everybody. She's giving these villains. There's like this beautiful moment uh, where like, you know, she's being confronted by the Illuminati of Earth, like 838 or whatever. And uh, she asks Reed Richards, like, um, is your wife still alive? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, good. I don't want to leave any orphans or something like that. I'm like, that's some sick shit. That's some sick shit. That's what I like to see. Like, well, she's so, a she- bad motherfucker in this one. And I, it, it just, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch Elizabeth Olsen, especially kind of revel in this villainous role. Uh, and, you know, honestly, it still does. She, it still finds the humanity of her character. Like we understand why somebody might do this um, in a certain sense. Like we understand that like she's someone who's kind of had everything that she's built for herself ripped away from her. And she's just like, you know, screw it. I have the power to change my circumstances and I'm just going to use it. It's not for like a, she doesn't want to destroy the multiverse. She wants her kids. And she, she could have done so much more than she actually did though. I feel like she kind of skirted the surface a little bit. Just a little too, I, I feel like, in, and I know that Josh was going to say something. And I don't want to interrupt Josh. No, I, I was, I, my, my, my thing was going to be like cutting Daniel off and telling you to, say your thing now because i think I, I i i get where i get where daniel's coming from because he was also apparently able to accept that like she might have died so it's easier for him to kind of get behind her going as far as she did but i wanted to then ask you like what you wanted them to do with her instead i did not want her to redeem herself whatsoever i wanted her to go all out i wanted it to be no redemption arc whatsoever to lead up to the dark avengers that's what i wanted hmm i don't know i don't know what i don't know what dark avengers is so can you explain that uh, for dark, a dark oh sorry my bad maya it's, it's not happening yet because no. it's going to be something at probably end of phase four for the Marvel Universe. So we don't know at this point. But Dark Avengers essentially is, you know, the Avengers, but dark. That's the way that I would like to describe that. Okay, in, the sure. com- in the comic books, there was like a, a point where like uh, Norman Osborn sort of was in control of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever. Yeah. And he created like his own Avengers team. But like uh. instead of being instead of 
all the heroes, they were like villains masquerading as heroes. So like Scorpion with the Venom symbiote was pretending to be Spider-Man, uh, like Swordsman or whatever. Was I don't think to they're going to go that far, though. I think no, 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 going of course not. They're going to be taking some characters that we know and love and they're going to be, you know, turning them to the dark side. For instance, I thought that they were going to be getting evil Doctor Strange a la what if. He is going to be coming in there. I thought Wanda was going to be Scarlet Witch full up on there, but, but you never know. You know, I have no idea what the Namor is definitely queued up for that. He was supposed to be in this movie. They cut him out. Um, there was actually a lot of people who were in that um, Illuminati scene that they kind of subbed in and out, allegedly. So and I think that that's something that is probably like a, a whole other section to talk about. It's all the, sure, the cameos. Sure, sure. But, but particularly, I, I thought that when it came to the characterization of Wanda, they spent an entire season basically talking about how this woman got into chaos magic and how she became the most dangerous you know, person to face a planet. And I was just like, oh, this Wanda, what are you talking about? She's harmless. And they were actually not that wrong. Don't get me wrong. She slaughtered the entire Illuminati mercilessly. But I still think that she could have gone a little bit further. That's just my two cents. Uh, um, cool. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I do appreciate where they took the character. Um, granted, um, I'll admit it's the exact, exact same arc as Doc Ock in Spider Man 2. Um, it is the exact same arc. Like, he just took that character and I guess combined her with I have not seen Army of Darkness, but the witch villain in Army of Darkness, she seems to be, at least Olsen's performance seems to be culling a lot from that, from the clips that I've seen. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that, like, you know, watching her, she kills a bunch of people. Yeah. I don't know if you could hear the the thunder behind me, but, like, she kills a lot of people. Uh, and, like, the, the manner in which they are killed, that's where we get that Raimi energy, where she's, like, cutting this dude, uh, Mr. Fantastic, to ribbons, and she's, like, she makes black I uh, Granted, granted, I do, be- I, I am sort of, I do sort of wish that, like, the approach to her powers was a little different visually because you know she's meant to be this chaos magician who's able to play make reality her plaything. but the coolest things that we see her do are get rid of a dude's mouth and turn another dude into spaghetti like for the most part meditating she spends a lot of it meditating and like she uses like these force blasts that like you know it's not as interesting as say watching my honestly maybe my favorite like action set piece in a marvel movie um that uh the music duel i loved that music duel man that was like this is the kind of stuff that i want to see uh because how do you show that somebody is able to like warp reality and conjure up magic and you know and the answer to that is something like that where like they're using musical notes as weapons and you know he's he's pulling the strings to add the ammunition and like there's the dueling soundtrack you know this is a Danny Elfman score which I should say this is one of the strongest Marvel scores that I've heard Mm. uh like there's distinct like even from the trailer there was distinct musical themes that I was like yeah, I, I can get into this. And like to have like, you know, him he's fighting the evil version of him and like he's using like a minor key or a darker key or whatever. And like, I, I love that sort of ingenuity. I wish there was a little bit more of that um, ingenuity uh, in the action set pieces. But as far as, you know, Marvel goes, I think that this is one of the strongest uh, sort of like action design in any of their movies. 
I I will say that um, that reminded me a lot of Fantasia, um, watching that yeah. entire set piece, and I and I actually thought it was very, very creative. Um, it did, no pun intended. It didn't fall flat. Ha 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 ha. ha. Okay, just just me then. Okay, okay. But no, no, no. Um, I like. I dig that. I I I think that when it comes to this sort of a movie, that the more action they did, the better, and they. Played it a little safe. They just they played it safe for my taste. It's not that it wasn't enjoyable. It was a, an enjoyable movie from start to finish. I just felt that they could have gone a little bit further in depth. And don't get me wrong, I know that Josh was dreading watching this movie for like ten podcasts about Marvel movies. Every single time we would have a podcast about a Marvel movie, Josh would be like, "Well, I don't know how they're going to deal with this with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness." I actually I want to know did this did this live up to your expectations, Josh? Please enlighten us. I don't know. Like I said, I think it exceeded them in, in, in certain ways. And like, well, I, I really, I don't, I don't know if I knew Wanda was going to be the villain or not actually coming in. Cause they, they weren't, they kind of hid the ball in that a little bit with the trailer, which I respect. Um, yeah. So like, I, and they, and so it was, it was actually a, kind of a surprise. I mean, like it was, it was an obvious tell when they have the, the, the first scene at the fake Apple orchard or whatever. And she's, and she says America's name and you see the look on train to space. So, you know, something's off at that point, but up until then, like I, I, I didn't really know where the movie was going to go. So I didn't necessarily have a lot of expectations for it story-wise. I think it exceeded, like I said before, I think it exceeded my visual expectations. And I think it, um, I and mean, I exceeded them some in, in certain ways, storytelling wise with how it handled the multiverse and did it in a more coherent way than I expected kind of just based on, Everything, which I, I think I, I, I think I said uh, No Way Home did as well. I think, I think that was the one I was more worried about. Uh, uh, Maya was that like I, I just thought no, I, I the way people were talking about No Way Home beforehand and like all the multiverse stuff, it was going to do that really scared me. And I had some issues with it. Again, it wasn't with the multiverse. I think they've overall the powers that be at Marvel have like just handled the multiverse in a in in, in a more uh, logical, coherent way than I would have really braced myself for. I just think that like I'm just a little worried where they're going with Wanda as a character, and that's like kind of my biggest thing at this point and it's like i i, I don't know it, it, it just felt like wow there i i just as i found myself enjoying so many different components of this movie i was just like man i, I just don't really think this is uh, that compelling of a, uh, of a version of her necessarily it's going to go on a murder spree because in the back of my mind i know like I, I just don't have a lot of faith in them to like let any of these people like not be heroes at the end of the day in some way so i guess that was the one thing that was kind of like holding me back as i was watching this though there's just like again plenty of other stuff to like um, I, I'm trying to think what I want to ask you guys about next. How, how about, how about like, I might talk about the different universes and then the Illuminati. Um, oh, actually, yeah. That's what I was going to get into yeah. because like, that's actually the part of the movie where I think I, I do feel that like, you know, this is where I'm sort of like, they could have pushed this a little further. Sure. So like, this is a movie called the multiverse of madness, right? They're visiting all these different universes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sorry, Maya, have you seen everything everywhere all at once? No, I haven't. So don't spoil it for me, please. So if I you're going to talk about it, it, I'll take my, I'll take my headphones out. You need to go see it. You need to see it while it's yeah, on theater. So. Absolutely. I want to see it so badly. So absolutely. badly. It is like the, I think one of the best movies made in the past, like 10 years, and, and 20 and years. Daniel, you think I watch a lot of movies. Daniel probably watches like twice as many movies as me, like, like 500, 600 a year. So when I am almost at, I'm almost at 365 for the year. Like I'm at like 340 for the year so far, but like, um, so like, you know, we have this other thing to compare it to that also delves into the multiverses and you see all the very weird directions that movie goes to. Right. And then you have this one, which is a comic book universe. 
where like you know we've seen in what if you know zombie universe and like you know this and that and, and you see in the comics you see like there's a there's marvel apes there's there's like a cartoon universe there's an anime universe you see this in it, even like the uh, uh across the spider-verse the, yeah. the diversity of different worlds and here the craziest thing that we see is like pizza balls they go paint cars, world. cars go cars go go on red um you know like it's 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 like the least creative usage of a multiversal world i think there's the even like when uh they first travel to another universe with america chavez's power uh like you know you see glimpses of interesting worlds like i think at one point they're in like a 2d world and like you know this and that like and it looks really cool in that sequence and then they end up in like a place where like the trees have white leaves like i mean it just feels like a missed opportunity uh that's what I was trying to say. Like, okay. it just, in some ways, it just fell flat. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I agree with you that, you know, that they, they went through and that sequence was so visually striking. And it very much was, you know, a, a hearkening to the, you know, comic book world where everything was very bright and visual. But they just, they didn't play with it as much as they did. And, and I think that that was the thing that Josh was probably probably the most concerned about that they end up not doing is that they didn't mess with the multiverse as much as they could have. But it's because I don't think that they knew how to do it properly. I just do not. I don't think that they knew how to commingle that with the storyline that they wanted to tell. And I think it's because they put too much in one movie. Um, I'm not going to say that I didn't like the direction that they went into, but here's my what if. What if they actually messed with the multiverse a little bit more in this movie and kind of left Wanda's storyline a little bit to the side? Well, yeah, I, I, I probably I, I probably would have enjoyed it more than I think there's a way to do that where they don't make the multiverse uh, too convoluted for me. I, I, I guess I guess my I guess my next question for you guys would have been then though is like, I mean. I don't even necessarily feel the need to get in the whole discussion of the Marvel timeline, the MCU timeline at this point, because it is kind of messed up based on when they had to shuffle things around for COVID and when got released what, where, where's WandaVision versus where's the end of Loki versus where's this versus where's that and, 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 and all that stuff. But like, I think that like at the same time, they could have, um, oh, I guess, I guess my question more so is if we, we saw a lot of, uh, we saw glimpses of a lot of different universes and was, was there like one that like actually might've worked for you visually? And it's like, Oh, I just want to see him wander around here more or something like that. Like, is that the kind of weird you guys wanted to get? Or, or are you, or are you hoping for just something else as opposed to just like um, where, where, where you're getting something even more different visually than that? I'm guessing I, I see what you're saying. They could have just played around with it. There's literally infinite possibilities. And I'm wondering, yeah. Uh, yeah. did you did you even need it to be plotty? You know what I mean? Could you have taken a, a 25 minute digression where it's just wandering around one of those worlds and like having strange make it like make it like in. a like a like a mad Max like you know how people say Mad Max Fury Road was like one big chase. Um, yeah. yeah, you make you if you made this movie one big chase through various different worlds, I think that would have made for a more entertaining experience versus like, you know, where we get bogged down with this Earth 838 and meeting like all these cameos like that. that that's honestly the weakest part of the movie for me, because, you know, admittedly, the uh, exposition and such, I think that I'm OK with because. You know, like it's in keeping with like all the cheesy fantasy movies that I consume. Like, you know, I'm watching this and I'm thinking about like Dragon Slayer and this and that. Like, you know, like these are movies 
with a lot of expo- more exposition than you'd want. Maybe, maybe not Dragon Slayer, but like uh, it's in keeping with the sort of sensibilities that Raimi brings to this. So like the exposition itself, I don't really mind, but like, I don't know, you're getting bogged down with like seeing Black Bolt and like Reed Richards finally and, and Peggy Carter, Captain Peggy Carter and, and, and Xavier. And it's like, it's very much- And the same Maria issue. Rambo as Captain and Marvel. Rambo, yes, which it sort of runs into the same issue I had with uh, No Way Home in that, yeah, you're seeing all these cameos and all these characters that you have a previous relationship with, but because they don't have a previous relationship with the main character, there's a-, a there's a defined ceiling to how much you can get from their scenes together because they have no relationship. Well, uh, well, so you, you don't get, so then my question, I guess, is you don't get that much out of learning about them by them talking about the other strange and like thinking about like, Oh, how, how different are these guys? Can one, can one be, can this one truly be that good? If this one is capable of that, does that just not interest you that much? Cause I, I'll say for me, you know, I guess I found that somewhat interesting. And while the cameos themselves, I could take or leave. I'm very glad I wasn't there opening night because I, I would have just lost. I, I would have been very annoyed if like the, uh, I had to be there for the, the fan, the, 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 the actually, yeah, I didn't the get, I did, they, they got no cheers from my screening, which was pretty full, which I, I really? didn't expect. I they got, there was zero cheers. They, so for, they didn't lose their shit at professor X or John. Krasinski? No, no, there was just like, there was a, I heard a collective murmur, but mm-hmm. like, I guess people got the memo, like, don't be, ridiculous and i'll admit admittedly i'll admit this i was a little happy to see black bolt just because like the the, just the fact that they got the guy from the show um you know not that i not that i watched the show apparently arjun was talking i was talking to arjun about this and apparently the guy's just such a huge fan of like black bolt that like well of marvel comics that he's auditioned for pretty much every superhero (laughs) when he got this when he got landed like black bolt it was like after the thing had become gone from being a movie to like a tv show and then it's ridiculed and people hate him for it and like you know then he gets invited in for this and he like jumps at the opportunity like he's just a big fanboy so you know good for him uh and like uh, you know i'm a big i'm a bigger fan of the marvel tv slate than a lot of people are. I think in some ways I prefer like shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil and such to like the current crop of like Disney Plus shows. Um, But like, so I was a little happy to see them, but like it ultimately, it meant nothing watching all these cameos interacting with Strange and talking to him about like the alternate thing. I I just couldn't, I don't care about any of that stuff. Hmm. Um, I I completely disagree with that. I wanted way more of that. And that's kind of what I was looking for. Because I'm going to go back to What If, which I thought was, like again, required watching for this movie. Mostly because I thought that they would actually make this a little bit more of a canonized universe. Because you have a character like The Watcher. You have Killmonger Black Panther. You have Captain, you know... (laughs) Marvel, who's Maria Rambo in, in this version, and then you have Captain Carter. You have so many interesting characters that you ended up developing um, in What If. You had the opportunity to bring some of those over, specifically the Watcher, which is actually where I thought that they were going to be going with it. I thought they were going to be bringing Galactus into this, and that's, that is the big missed opportunity. Um, Galactus is a character um, in the comic book universe, Josh, who is a celestial. Um, if, if I'm correct, he's a celestial or he's above a celestial. I don't know. He I mean, is below. a below a celestial. 
I think I, I I don't remember, but he's kind of like this big, you know, this big eats, guy. Yeah, he's a big motherfucker who eats planets and yes. he fights with the Fantastic Four a lot. So like, I, I'm with I you. I'm, we're I'm, going. I'm with you in a way. Like, I do think that like if uh, my thing is like I'm annoyed that they got bogged down in this one world with this set of characters. Um, you know, I would have preferred something where they're jumping around across worlds. At one point, they're running from Galactus and like they're fucking doing, they're at the Marvel Apes planet and like, you know, this and that. Like, that's what I mean when I say that I wish more was done exploring the multiverse. Um, it's not necessarily, what I, I don't, I just, I, I was not interested in just sticking with like, Peggy Carter, Captain Peggy Carter, and like, and honestly, like, what if? Like, I'm not a huge fan of that show, if for much of the same reason. I think that that's a show that, like, because it's so constrained to what the MCU has done, it leads to sort of missed opportunities. Like, you know, I did not give a shit about like the like, for example, like the uh, the uh, the, the episode where it's like Killmonger like saves Tony Stark. Like, I didn't, I was like watching that. I'm like, this is what you have the entire multiverse to play with. And this is what you're giving us. I'm not like, saying that they, they should have played it safe. I'm saying that they should have gone bigger. And I'll read the, the little summary that I just pulled up about Galactus. Uh, he is a very specific cosmic entity that balances between eternity and death. And is a remnant of a former universe. Now tell me, would it have been way more interesting to include Galactus as somebody who's playing into the multiverse in relation to the Watcher, in relation to everything that's happening with breaking the multiverse, or playing it safe the way that they did. I think that they probably could have gone farther, but they were more worried about losing the Marvel audience. Yeah, which is where we get into which is where we get into the issue of like, you know, the, the constraints of this formula, because they're so unwilling to deviate from like what's already come before it because like they there's a certain there's like a need for all this stuff to sort of relate to itself uh it 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 limits the ability to grow like i would have liked them to like incorporate all these different weird things you know i would have liked to see like you know howard the duck again or like you know they they stopped being at like the the howard the duck movie universe from like the 80s like you know like i don't know like it it doesn't take much to like you know brainstorm and i'm sure that there was a writer's room where they were brainstorming and i'm sure that they had like all sorts of lofty ideas but guess what they probably got like actually you know it's probably like no we can't do that because xyz we got to build to the next movie and there's like you know like eh, this is where i think this movie hits the constraints of the formula um i should say actually uh, we have not i was gonna say our universe where vision was alive Something yeah, like I mean, sure. Why? And he gets to see what she's become, yeah. and like you know, like uh, there, there's all sorts of dramatic possibilities. There's all sorts of like you know, just like what co- what cool set piece could we deliver? Um, sort of possibilities, and like I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you in that. Like they, I think that could have been better explored. Something we haven't talked about, which is kind of telling, is America Chavez. Yeah. She is kind of like the MacGuffin of the movie. She's in every scene pretty much outside. Like she's in more scenes than like everyone else outside of like Strange. And yet, uh, like, I mean, this isn't to the actress, but like, I don't know, they don't, yeah, they just give her nothing to do. And honestly, like as, did you read the, uh, the Young Avengers? No, My, I didn't. No, I didn't. So she's she's cool as hell in the 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 young the young Avengers is like the uh, uh, the comic run where she debuts and it. it's sort of the same sort of thing where like she and a bunch of teenage superheroes are like 
traveling through the multiverse because you know somebody is trying to capture them for some reason or another um honestly i think that the young avengers is being like more than the dark avengers i think they're keying up for young avengers sort of thing because you know then they can have you know america chavez she's got like 10 years to play the character you know you got yelena you got um kate bishop kate bishop like you know who are characters in the avengers um kid loki so like Ms. marvel Ms. marvel yeah 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 so like you know i think that's what they're building up to and uh you know i i, I wish that you know they explored the character of america a little more um she's honestly not at all like the comic universe where she's very much like a hard ass like she's very much like a an action girl um versus this one so like you know like i i was a little underwhelmed by her role in this she is very much just a a walking MacGuffin. what did america do for you maya i liked her i thought she was i wish that they would have uh I, I feel like one of the reasons why, and I'm so sorry to the actress for saying things, I feel like one of the reasons why they probably judged her on the script a little bit was because I didn't think that she was as strong of an actress as she maybe could have been, but I liked her. I think that she's got a lot of potential. I just think it's, it's clear that she's a very green actress. Um, and they gave her a lot of responsibility and that's not a, you know, specifically somebody for her age, that's not something that, you know, you know, someone could take lightly, but I think that she needs some time to really hone into her own and kind of figure out where her own character is kind of being driven. Cause hers was really like, you know, it was like that two dimensional universe that they went in. It was just a little bit, you know, flat, but I don't think that that's her fault. I think it's the characters, um, the way that the character was written. Um, and she didn't really have a lot of room to kind of mess around with. Well, I mean, I think at some point uh, it seems like inevitable, like as Daniel mentioned, there might be some kind of Young Avengers TV series. And in, 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 in as a piece of a small, as just one of an ensemble of something like that, maybe they have more time to figure out what they want to do. But the fact is, like, I think she's going to be popping up in a lot of these movies potentially. I mean, you see how, you see, or, or other shows, you see how big of a role the multiverse is going to play. And she's the one that can, travel the multiverse so between, i think yeah. i think she's gonna be around a lot i i, I don't know if i, I mean I, i'm yeah i'm not gonna come come and say she's like on the level of a, a of a florence Pugh or Haley steinfeld or anything like that that it would probably be pretty noticeable if you tried to make her share the screen with a lot of them but i, I don't she, i didn't think she was noticeably bad in the movie but yeah and like you said new green actor and uh maybe that's why they uh m- maybe that's why they didn't want to give her more to do but again she's around a lot and i don't think she like ruins any scene she's in by any means no i agree yeah no i agree with you yeah i did i i just uh mean yeah she she's there and she she serves the purpose i i, I don't disagree with daniel like i guess yeah you can't hand wave it a little bit but uh i i, I just didn't t- i mean i don't know if you guys have any other thoughts because we haven't really talked about a lot of these different scenes in isolation necessarily i like the i i enjoyed the dream walking especially like him uh, taking over the corpse that was really fun visually oh, i enjoyed beautiful that was awesome. and then like you, you awesome. know with the hand i love as soon as like he said like you know who said that he needs to be alive i was like oh i want a shot of a hand coming out of the grave like i want that and they gave it to me and i was like <laughs> yes 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 i should point out by the way i have yet to see evil dead 2 that's like one of my biggest God, film yeah. blind spots um it's one of those things where like you know i've seen 
you know, I, I, I like Raimi. I'll run through his other works before I get to that because it's so often cited as his greatest work that like I don't want to see it and then just have to deal with like the scraps. You know what I mean? Um, but like, yeah, no, like I, I just love like that when he goes full tilt horror, I love the design of like the wraiths that are attacking him and like that he uses to build a cape for himself. And there's like a there's like a it's CG, but there's like a stop motion quality to how they're moving that recalls like, you know, like how you would do that sort of effect back in the 80s or like, you know, Ray Harryhausen style effects work. Um, I, I really loved all the, the horror touches um, visually. I think it added yeah. a ton to the movie. No, I and I totally agree with that. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed the dreamwalking and I and I, I just thought that was that was a, that was loads of fun in, in, in what was otherwise just a very, you know, dark and what could have devolved into a fairly traditional uh, mid I mean middling CGI superhero final act. It was well, glad they added that. But then, you know, after that, I honestly like after my first viewing, which I um was awake for the entire time, I honestly couldn't have like three days later, I couldn't remember how it actually ended with Wanda. It's like, was she dead? I don't even know. And then like, I, I read, and then I read she, up on it. Before. She's not dead. Well, I, I mean, I guess that the fact is that the fact that there is like r- any room to argue that or whatever, I guess means that like, I didn't miss anything super, super obvious, but I, I then I, 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 read, I read the plot again before like, I went back and saw it again. And then last night, to be fair, it was after 11 at this point, I think I fell asleep. Like right as like, they were actually like right after they were showing, she brings Wanda to the house of, to the, to the Westview house or whatever. And sees the, with the, looks at, looks at the kids and has, has her scare the kids and everything like that. And then I honestly, I think I fell asleep after that up until the point where after she did whatever she did that led to the, the, the end of Wanda for that movie. Like, I, I mean, again, it was late, but like, it was just like, this wasn't as gripping as everything that comes before it. And I, it was like, so I, I don't know if it totally like just sticks the landing from like a, you know, just an entertainment standpoint at the end of this movie though it like his some pretty big highs with the dream walking it's just like once it kind of gets past that and he says like america do your power thing one like we mentioned earlier it's not it, they, they didn't really put a lot of time into like actually showing how she figures out how to harness it and two i didn't really think it was like super super uh fun to watch based on uh, compared to like dream walking strange so i, I, do, just, I, I, I feel like it run, ran it ran out of steam a little bit is what i would say i do appreciate that like at the end of the day defeating the villain wasn't about who could kick her ass but like just showing her a reflection of herself um i appreciate that like ultimately it was the solution to this you know gallic you know universe spanning uh threat was like you know appealing to her sense of humanity um i think that that's just more interesting than who can who can punch the guy the hardest or sticking sticking him with like the uh the, the, the formula that's going to make him not crazy, you know, like I, I thought that it was just more thematically interesting than how they've dealt with villains in the past. Mm. Um, I do appreciate like, you know, granted a part of this might just be, you know, I see a little bit of myself in strange, but like, I still, you know, I like the stuff with him and Rachel McAdams um, like that sort of like wanting something to be there, but ultimately like there's, there's just it's just they're two different people like I, I appreciate all that stuff like there's a there's an emotional core to the movie that like uh i think it comes back in full force like at the end and uh yeah it just it, i i think that it it ties up everything in a very like satisfying way for me on an emotional level yeah the fact Forget that we made it to, well, i was gonna say the fact that we made it to almost the hour mark without mentioning dr christine uh uh like i mean but you're giving the shrug. You're giving the shrug emoji right now, Maya. It sounds like you don't really care too much about her. It's, forget her. We got Cleo. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Julia now. We're good. We don't need her anymore. We we got the admit, real I Sorcerer saw, Supreme. <laughs> I saw I saw you know uh, what's her name Shirley's pop up and I was like oh they got her for this okay. Uh, well, I, I was looking. I'm just like, who is she supposed to be? Who is she supposed thought, to be? And I'm just like, I, yeah, no. At first, I thought magic, and then I was like, you know, like magic, uh, um, Colossus's sister, the X Man. But then I was because I saw the 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 sword thing, and I was like, oh, that's the Soul Sword. But then I was like, no, 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 that's probably Clea because she's the love interest of of Doctor Strange. Oh, I um, literally made a Xena Warrior Princess joke because, which is by the way, a Sam Raimi character. So I'm just like, wait, no, no, wait a second. You're telling me that Sam Raimi did Xena? I, I'm looking it up right now because I definitely saw that there's a Xena movie coming out as a like, characters by Sam Raimi. So I'm, I'm fact checking myself um, because that is definitely there. Whoa, that's awesome. I have I've never seen Xena, I should point out. But um, man, that's awesome. Going, I'm going to be original Lucy Lawless. He produced it. Yeah, he produced Sam it. Raimi. Yeah. That's awesome. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Mic drop. But yeah, I literally thought I was just like Xena Warrior Princess and just like Clea. Clea is like niece of Dormammu. I'm like, ah, oh, she's interesting. I like her. So yeah, I don't I don't care about Christine well, anymore. She's well, out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I again, I'm not a comics reader. I heard that like Clea actually is somewhat of a love interest for Strange in the in the comics. But at the same time, we get the we get I, I don't. Where where is this strange that we're left with at the at the end of the movie supposed to be from? Because you get the third eye, but like the the one we saw with the third eye got impaled on a on a pole. No, that's the reason why he has a third eye because of Darkhold. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Darkhold has left a change on, like it's left an effect on him. Correct. Oh. Okay. So we're supposed to. I mean, so at that point, we're supposed to just kind of infer that, like, okay, like he is trying to manage the Darkhold and you know it is having this level of effect on him or something. are you ready for this one do you remember in 2016 when they did the original doctor strange that he said they had photographic memory he remembers everything that he ever reads including but not limited to the dark old hmm. well i mean i think what it means for the going well i assume what it means going forward is that he's gonna have like some sort of dark side to mm-hmm. him that like he's gonna have to kind of grapple with especially considering Clea is now involved I don't know much about the comics version of I've only read like the oath which was like this graphic novel featuring um um, Doctor Strange but like I think that like she's like the sorceress supreme of the dark dimension which is where Dormammu from the first movies from and Dormammu is her her uncle sorry excuse me Dormammu is her uncle yeah and I think she's the sorceress supreme of his dimension so she like, is a sorcerer supreme after Doctor Strange. Yeah, but I, I I think that she becomes one at some point. Anyways, I don't have to get too bogged down yeah. by the comics lore. But what I'm saying is that like I assume that we're gonna play more with the darkness of his character going forward. Uh, I never try to get too like I never try to speculate too much on what's gonna happen in the future movies. But um. Yeah, like I, 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 Christine, like I, I get that, like their love story is not interesting, right? But mm. I do think no. that, like, his relationship to her, in the sense of like she represents, like, the sort of like life of normalcy, this sort of like, you know, the, the sort of like life that he wishes that he could have had. Um, and I think that is what's interesting. They have no chemistry or whatever. Like, I don't care about seeing them get together. Uh, but I think that- But he loves her in every relation- universe. 
Yeah, look, here's the thing. Like, I actually, I that 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 scene did get to me. again, like it's more like personal reason for personal reasons, but like I I I do like the um, I like the effort. I just wish that they had more chemistry with each other so that they could really sell that line. But, I think that they just need to stop casting Rachel McAdams in movies where her significant male other is somebody who is interested in time travel. That's it. Yeah, um, she finally gets to now uh, with this one. So at least maybe the the, the the run is broken. I don't know if you know about that. Um, um, actually, you must know about that, Jernavoy, because I think Arjun was the one who brought it to our attention that like she has played in like five different movies, the love interest of a time traveler. Yep, I mean, about, time, about time, the time traveler's wife, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, it's just she, constant. She, she's a very, very interesting career where she's just <laughs> a lot of good things and a lot of uh, not so great things. Um, uh, yeah, what, what else? What else? I, I feel like I had one other thing I was going to bring up to you guys, and now I'm like forget, forgetting where I was going with it. Oh, I, I want to ask you guys quickly about Mordo. Cause, um, I, I hadn't, I hadn't, yeah, I know, but like, I hadn't rewatched the first one in quite some time. Um, I, 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 I remembered when someone like brought to mind the basketball pangborn scene at the end of it, when he takes the powers back, but I honestly couldn't even like all that clearly remember like why he had broken bad. I guess he just didn't like how strange and the ancient one, I guess, went off book with the powers, but they did it so quickly Correct. at the end of they, he did it. He did it. They did it so quickly at the end of the first movie that like, I didn't even, it, it didn't even mean I, I couldn't really remember that it was something that was that simple and done that hastily so or that it was that so simple and done so hastily made it hard for me to remember when like all of a sudden we're supposed to really care when he pops up here so i would just say that like i i don't know i, I just don't know what they did enough with that character to set up his turn or with all the different Mar all the marvel content we've had in between it's kind of weird they, they probably should have made him pop up somewhere else just to like kind of keep him a little more in our minds so i i just don't know if anything they really did with him here really worked all that much for me no so i'm with you with that I'm with you because it doesn't make it like, you know, like they, they say, like, uh, there's this line where Strange is like, yeah, he's gone and tried to kill me like all this time. And I was like, we have not seen that. We saw one scene where he took the power back from like the guy who uses magic to just walk. And that's it. That's the last time we saw this character. And so, like, there's all this tension when they meet. He meets the alternate version of him. And it's like, I don't care. I don't know this guy. I don't know. We don't we barely know the one from the first movie. Yeah, uh, that's that's a Exactly what I'm like. Hey, that's the guy from the first movie. I mean, obviously we know who he is, but it's just like, oh, here he is again because yeah, it's I should, the second I, one of the the first one. I should note that, like, yeah, he is like the arch nemesis of of Strange in the comics. So, like, they have that relationship there, but like that was not really well established here. So, um, yeah, it just it, I I just couldn't care, and it just goes back to like how I just just generally didn't care for any of the like Illuminati cameos, just in general. Would you like to know what I genuinely did not care for? I genuinely yeah. did not care for the fact that um, he ended up getting billed before Benedict Wong. Wong. I did not care for that. Benedict yeah. Wong had a bigger role in that movie, and yet they credit, I, I don't want to mispronounce his name, Michael but- Chua Tell Ejiofor. Thank you. Thank you. They credited him before Benedict Wong? Really? Really? He's in the movie for five seconds. That's like saying John Krasinski is like a build character for this movie. I think that they're in the movie for roughly the same amount of time, truthfully. But um, I, I should say that that's one scene that I was actually like on, a, on an action note. I was very happy to see the fight scene. Um, it is, you know, it's cut more than you want. And like, you know, it's very clear that which, it's not which, which one? 
the fight scene Between in the well range. of course we've talked yeah we talked about like you know like wanda tearing through them and i love the like that they really like you know she goes full tilt a wicked witch in that scene like i like that but like there's a fight scene between uh strange and chuatel edgefort and uh i I didn't even call him baron mordo that's how much i didn't care for the character but um Mm -hmm. there's a fight scene between the two of them and it's just action no magic whatsoever and it's actually pretty decent it's i think one of the best hand-to-hand combat fights in this franchise and like you know it's also kind of strange how being Mordo is supposed to be powerful in his own right. And like, he just like kind of falls in a crevice that's like six feet deep and can't get out. And that's the end of it. Well, that's because, well, that's because they, uh, they, 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 he, 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 he handcuffs them with the handcuff that like negates their magic. Yes. Um, which I think, which is actually like good action design. Like, you know, he's incorporated. They're using what's at hand to like create new stakes for the character. And like, you know, like it's just a well shot, well edited fight scene that like you know of course it's not the two of them fighting but yeah. a pet peeve of mine in action is like when you get the actors doing the action and it's just not very good because they're not you know they're, they're not as experienced with like how action choreography is supposed to look so you know kudos to them for giving me a decent fight in the doctor strange multiverse of madness i i will i will definitely put wanda with like Ultron like oil blood on her face looking like a zombie dream casting and just murdering half of the Illuminati I will put that above that any day because that was terrifying that was an awesome scene and that that was what I was looking I mean they're billing this as a horror movie give me horror. oh I, think I knew that, they that. Could have I knew gone... that it was never gonna be an actual like they kept saying that and I'm like that's some pre-release crap like you know you're not gonna it's not gonna be a horror they, this movie should this movie should have come out on Halloween it should have they should have gone full all out on it give it giving me like a zombie that, universe clear. all of it I wanted it I would have liked that but I just it's Marvel they're not gonna they're not gonna do that you say uh, that but then what if happened and that was scary as shit was it though <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, I wish. I, honestly, I wish that they would have done that a little bit more live action. Don't get me wrong. There are some episodes that definitely fell flat there. Um, but I think that the overall thesis statement of everything that was happening with Ultron, Ultron to this day is one of the scariest presences in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the only time that they actually gave it real credence was in What If. And that to me, imagine. You have Ultron and Wanda just collectively against each other. I mean, sorry, with each other against everybody else. To me, that's chaos. Um, but they just, they don't go there anymore. They did that in Endgame. Endgame was definitely, you know, all right, we're gonna, you know, bring out the big guns and see what happens. And we're just going to roll with the punches. And it worked. They literally killed half the universe in the end of Infinity War. And they brought them back in Endgame. And there was this giant fight. And it was epic. Um, and I just feel like they are trying to lead every single movie. They're trying to creep towards it and creep towards it and creep towards it ever so gallantly. And just, just give it, just, you, you've already opened up Pandora's box. Every other movie is going to fall flat until you go to your next big whatever <laughs> franchise you're trying to push. Um, and I, that's why I agree in some sense you know that the tv format allows you to individualize um you know the 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 plot line in a way where it's a little bit more cohesive and it's a little bit more fully formed but 
I don't know, if you have a big budget movie like that and you have the opportunity to play with multiple universes and yet the best you can do is paint world and we go on red, I agree with you. It just, eh, it's meh for me, but I still enjoyed it. It was still enjoyable and it was just fine. Danny, Daniel, any final thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Uh, best post-credit scene uh, in like years. The, the 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 hot dog guy, the hot dog man, or whatever they call him. <laughs> the pizza ball guy. Pizza ball, oh, pizza guy. Pizza, 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 pizza papa. Pizza papa. Pizza papa. He goes. He, goes, he hits himself. He stops and he goes. <laughs> it's over. I I hate and I hate that like everyone around me, like everyone laughed. But then I heard some guy going like, "Can't believe we waited for that." And I'm like, "Bro, what do you want? Like I, the com- the comic ones are the best ones. I don't give a shit that like Charlize Theron shows up to hint at." doctor strange three what's he gonna do next like in like 2025 like i don't i don't really care about that stuff um but like when i see you know like this when it was like uh you remember the captain america one from spider-man homecoming that was fun shawarma at the end of of avatar i mean avatar avengers (laughs) um oh actually did you guys see this in imax 3d i didn't Uh, not 3d but yes i did see in imax so I saw it in IMAX 3D specifically to see the Avatar trailer. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to see Avatar in 3D. I, this one, yeah. like in 3D, like it, it's like I, I appreciate the work that they put into the you know post-processing. But like, you know, it's not a movie that was made with 3D in mind. So like, you know, you, I'm only ever going to go see a movie in 3D if like it was made to be seen in 3D, like Hugo or Avatar or something. But nature yeah. movies I can't, I, yeah, I, I can't tell you the last time i actually went and saw a 3d a movie in 3d yeah the I moment they, they stopped doing them the moment they stopped doing those i was so thankful because i was tired of spending 17 dollars on a movie ticket uh just to see it in imax so they were showing everything in imax in 3d because they could but um you know now like the only reason this is the first one that i've seen first time i've seen a movie displayed in imax 3d in years and that's because the avatar trailer was attached but um yeah, didn't add that much to the movie. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's I think that's about it. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add. Like I said, I I um some of this pleasantly surprised me, some of it very much frustrated me, but you know, yeah, you can't you can't you can't win you can't win them all. Uh and at least this I was able to take some stuff from this movie, and I am very much looking forward to uh what we have next, which I guess is Thor Love and Thunder, right? So um yeah, that's, that's I guess it's only like two months away at this point, right? I think it's in July. So, yeah, and I'm looking forward to it too because I think that that's another case where like the creator has like a sensibility that works within the confines of the Marvel universe. So you so, you, you 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 enjoyed Ragnarok? I enjoyed Ragnarok. I liked it the first time I saw it. I saw it with Ben Chuang actually, and then I rewatched it in pr- preparation for Endgame, and I liked it even more. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's coming on July eighth. So uh, there we go. Uh, Maya, anything oh, there else? Else, there's also Miss Marvel coming up. June 8th, yes. That. Yeah, that, that's, yeah June 8th. that's definitely coming up. And I think the the She Hulk trailer dropped today. I didn't actually watch it yet, but it I think did. that's coming. I, did, I heard that. It, I heard that she's CG, and I'm like, yeah, why? Like, why not just, just put green makeup on? Watch, her? watch it. You'll see. Watch it. You'll see. All right. I'm not watching. They, it, they go I, there. I, okay, I think that comes out in August. So we got a couple TV shows and Thor: Love and Thunder in the next uh, three months. I still need to watch Moon Knight. I haven't done that yet um ah, do you what are, what are you even doing uh, i don't know i'm like you know you can get around to it whenever like i i wasn't a huge fan of moon knight daniel and i disagree on everything pretty much <laughs> i like i like moon knight in the comics and then i watched the show and i was like it doesn't have like a i don't think that show has much of an identity 
Um, I, I, I mean, it I, has I, three, three identities. Yeah, exactly. Not, no, no interesting identity. Uh, they've got three, but like none of them are compelling to me. Like I just was not a fan. Uh, I like the last fight scene though. I like that. It was so, all of it's good. All of it. Interesting. The entire I, thing. I appreciate the strong recommendation, Maya, because a lot of stuff I'd seen on it was more tempered. So I'm sure I will try and get to that in the next two weeks or so. Uh, Maya, anything else you've been watching recently you want to direct the listeners towards? Um, besides Moon Knight, which I'm, I am going to say that a lot of people I know, I didn't actually read the comics, but I heard from the comics that um, there's definitely a muted response because they're probably leading up to a second season. But I feel like it stands on its own. Um, which I, I do thoroughly enjoy. I will say that if you haven't uh, watched Barry, watch Barry. Barry is an excellent show. Season three so far that. is what? Been meaning to get to that. Oh, yeah. I think, I think oh, you yeah. Like Barry. Barry is good. All right. Daniel, anything else you've been watching? Well, life hasn't been great. So I've seen like 30 movies this past week. <laughs> um, honestly, the thing that left the most impression was something I saw yesterday. Uh, the Sadness. Heard of it? No. Or, yes, this I is heard a, of it. Yeah, this is a Taiwanese movie. It's pretty much what if uh, it's like a zombie movie, like 28 Days Later zombies, but like they can all talk um, like they're, they're all they're, they're able. They're just running on pure id. And so and I've heard it described as Train to Busan meets a Serbian film. And there's this like as somebody who watches a lot of violent movies, horror and action. This one, I think, is the only this is the first time I've wondered, like, does this cross the line? Um, it is so bleak and so violent and so gory. Like the things that happen in this movie are reprehensible. And like for a movie to go this full tilt into it and still deliver a compelling like thriller plot is commendable. But like it honestly, I have to advise people like if you don't have the stomach for something like really like violent and bleak, then like this is not for you but uh that's streaming on shutter and beyond that i just want to say uh wreck uh the spanish found footage horror movie from 2007 is probably the best found footage horror movie that i've ever seen uh and it's very much has the same sort of energy of this one so like i highly recommend those two interesting guys i've Man, I have done a bad job of watching movies this month. I'm kind of the opposite of you, and then like I've I've literally watched two different movies. I've watched this one twice, and I've watched and I watched Con Air on May first, and when I made a on my podcast on uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. So I'm I have some vacation time oh, coming I up at the end watch of the month. That. So I'm going to be watching more stuff. I'm going to be rewatching Top Gun because uh, Maya is going to join us for the Top Gun Maverick podcast at the end of the month. Uh, Maya's never watched Top Gun, so she had the idea that that would be yep. a fun a, a fun thing for her to dive into to do on the podcast. So. I'm looking forward to that, but I, I, I have, I, you know, my mom recommendation, I can, I can uh, get my 58 year old dad on and say, uh, you know, they just had uh, Amazon just wa- watch launch its own ad supported streaming service. And they have uh, on there. One of the flagship shows is Bosch legacy. Just how Bosch was a flagship show of Amazon. <laughs> Remember Prime. Bosch. So I'm, Remember still, Bosch. So I'm still watching like now technically season eight of Bosch. Cause all they did is they're just doing it for cheaper with a smaller cast, but it still feels like Bosch and it's still good. So you want to, if, if you want to go watch freebie, it's only like three 45 second ads for like hour long episodes. So it's not really that bad. Uh, you know, you can do that because that's basically all I've been. I've, I mean, I've watched some other TV in the last month. I just like haven't like done a good job at movies and I will, uh, I don't know. I'll maybe I'll, I saw somewhere, Daniel, actually that, um, um, our, our, our is getting a release like on June 1st or something like that. Like another theater theatrical release. Um, oh. I might be, I might, I might be in Atlanta that week. So, 
Maybe I will try and see that then finally. That would be amazing. RRR is like Maya. RRR is the the other contender for like best movie of the year for me. Uh, it's between that and everything everywhere all at once. It is incredible. How is it spelled? R like the letter R or A R? The letter R R R. A letter R R R. Okay. Yeah, it's an Indian okay. action movie. Yeah, so and it, and it did get somewhat of a theatrical release. I just missed it. It's also like three hours long, so harder to squeeze in. But like, uh, I, so that's something I'm looking forward to possibly getting to. It's just like I've just been a bad pop culture consumer. I've been very busy at work and uh, traveling some and like whatever. So no recommendations for me, but I appreciate them from uh, Maya and Daniel as usual. I want to thank everyone for listening. Oh, uh, uh, well, Maya never has anything to plug because uh, she's off the grid. Uh, Daniel, do you have anything to plug? Oh, you know, uh, Letterbox felonious funk. There you go. As usual, Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y on Twitter and Letterboxd. Podcast email is rewindmoviepod at gmail.com. Podcast Twitter is at rewindmoviepod. Send us your feedback that way. Uh, coming up next on the podcast, I do, I don't, I'm not totally sure. I'm going to start putting out our uh, our Toy Story rewatch pods that I did with Joe. And um, I, I feel like there's something new I'm forgetting coming between now and uh, Top Gun Maverick, but I don't know what that is off the top of my head. So uh, everyone stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.